It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello, and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll introduce my guest shortly. I promise this is going to be a lot of fun. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash B-R-I-A-N. One of the ideas we hear about a lot in personal development or building a successful life is to identify what you want and make plans to have that happen. This is certainly true, but what people often do not think about is what you need to figure out what you don't want to do. What are you unwilling to tolerate any longer? Who are you no longer willing to be around? And most importantly, why not? If you draw your line in the sand and say no more, that will cut off a lot of options that don't serve you at all. And it allows you to focus on the things that will serve you instead. This might mean disappointing a few people, but so what? It's your journey, isn't it? I resolved a long time ago that I'm not required to explain my journey to someone who will never understand it. It's a fruitless exercise. So just remember this. Resolve today to identify what you are no longer willing to tolerate. Draw your line in the sand. You will feel more peaceful, more powerful, and more productive, and I guarantee you will be so glad you did. So with all this in mind, I want to introduce my guest. And if you've not picked up my latest book, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. It's on Amazon. It features some of the very best interviews from this very show, including Kevin Harrington, Chris Powell, uh, Dan Locke, Brad Sugars, and so many more. It's on Amazon. The paperback version is available. And the Kindle version is 99 cents. You can't even shake a stick at that. Pick that up today. Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. Just search Brian K. Wright on Amazon. You'll find it. My guest this week is Jess Lenevel. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She has been a real estate agent for over 15 years and has personally built a multiple seven-figure business that has sold over $300 million of property in her last five years alone. Her on-the-ground experience has given her the background and expertise to help agents overhaul their advertising and scale massively while leveraging the power of online marketing. Instead of relying on old-school, traditional methods used in the industry, Jess uses strategies developed through partnerships and real experience. Having worked in residential resale, on-site builder developments, and high-volume pre-construction sales, she has created a track record of huge results. We have so much to unwrap today. So here we are with my very special guest, Jess Lenevel. Jess, how are you today? Great having you here. I'm so well. Thanks so much for having me. Fantastic. So here's the first thing that I normally like to ask first. Did you envision early in your life that you would be where you are now? Oh my gosh, not at all. I think that um, my my parents kind of joke around that I was the kind of little girl that they were worried about, that they thought, oh, she's going to have to marry well. Oh, yeah? <laughs> 
Yeah, I really think that it's uh, it's it's a little scary, actually. I think when we when we look back on it, um, I was definitely not a high achieving young person. I was very self conscious, very shy. I still am relatively introverted, but I've kind of learned over time how to work around it. But um, it's yeah, absolutely not. I didn't really find my. I really didn't find my my flow into kind of who I am and what I was capable of until I was in, I, until I was a teenager and I really started in athletics. Mm. Wow. And your sport was rowing, wasn't it? I was. I was a rower for 15. So I was a competitive swimmer when I was quite young. And then I was a rower for 15 years. Did you do that in college? I did. I started in high school. Actually, I was I was very lucky. I went to one of those rare high schools that has a fantastic rowing program. And uh, and so I rode all the way through high school. So grade 10, 11, 12, 13, um, because I was in a a school that had grade 13 here. And then Mm. and then I I rode all the way through university. And then again, I rode for a for a couple of years after that until I had to make a a decision to become an adult. (laughs) Sure. And we all have those moments every once in a while. So let me <laughs> let me ask you, what was your rock bottom moment and how did you get out of it? Because we all have that turning point somewhere, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. I would say my like my real rock bottom um, was was, you know, I, I, I wasn't really that young, but I was in my 20s, my, my mid 20s. I was in a relationship that was extremely abusive Mm. And I'd really, I'd really let it hold me back. I'd really allowed it to keep me small. I was with someone who was very much afraid of a, a strong woman. Mm. And um, so I think what I, I did is I, I didn't want to outshine him. Yeah. And so I realized I just I had a turning point one day and I think it was, you know, there, there, we've written a whole articles about this, but it was the first time that he, he wasn't sorry. Wow. And it was it was just that moment where I thought, this is not who I am. No, no. And you know what? There are a lot of men out there who can't handle strong women. They don't know what to do. <laughs> it's true. I'm very lucky now. I'm married to someone who absolutely is my biggest fan. Uh, but but yeah, I think that that was really that was really a turning point for me. And it was the middle of the night. And I called my, I called my, one of my best friends and her husband and they came over and they got rid of him. Wow. Mm-hmm. You, you threw him out. I did. Good for you. <laughs> Good and for the, you. everything's gotten better since. Great. Well, you sound very confident and self-assured now. I take it there probably were some times much earlier in your life where you maybe weren't so much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Did you I have think- people... Did you have people around you who told you that you couldn't, whatever it is you wanted to do? Um, I wouldn't say, I think it was actually more me than the people around me. My, Mm. um, my, so I, I have a relatively high achieving family. My, my Mm. parents are very smart. My mom's in real estate. My dad's a doctor. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think the thing that was hardest for me and, you know, he, he would argue the other way around, but my little brother is extremely bright, like brilliant. Mm. And, I was, I always felt like the dumb kid Mm. and he, it's funny because he always, he would say the opposite. He would be like, no, no, no. She was always like the more athletic, cooler one. And it was hard for him. But I, you know, I think it was really difficult for me because I, I really felt like I had to be perfect. Mm. And I mean, obviously that's an impossible standard, but 
it was it, it took me a long time for to kind of find my confidence in my voice and in my abilities and things like that. I, I, I'm honestly to to be honest, I was probably in my late 20s. Wow. And then you got your real estate license when you were 21, right? I did. I got my real estate license right out of school. Um, I came I, I got a relatively useless degree, didn't know what I was going to do with myself. And my mom, because she'd been in real estate for so long, said, you know, why don't you try it? I think you'd be good at it. And mm. I did. And, you know, right off the bat, I thought, and and I wish that I could tell you that it was some like beautiful moment that mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is my calling. But it wasn't that at all. Yeah. I did my first deal and got this big paycheck and thought, okay, I can, I can make this work. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I would imagine getting your real estate license at that young of an age, there were probably some people who probably wouldn't take you seriously because you probably still looked only 21, right? I looked about 16. Oh, wow. And, and, and you're a hundred percent right. It was, it was hard getting going because most agents are taught to use their sphere of influence when they first mm -hmm. get licensed. Mm -hmm. And my mom also had the same sphere of influence. And were they going to work with me, who was 21, brand new license, or were they going to work with my mom, who'd been in the business already for 20 years? Wow, that's that's absolutely amazing. So I want to go back to sports for a second, because mm -hmm. I find that a lot of athletes, uh, people who are athletic, who have been on, on the show, uh, have learned lessons in sports that carry through to their career. Did you find that to be true for you? Absolutely. There, wow. there was an element of grit and it was, it was the mindset work of not get, giving up and, and the grit needed to work really hard to achieve something. Oh, absolutely. And again, because you felt like you probably had something to prove, mm -hmm. you had that chip on your shoulder. What do you think was your big aha moment in your career? Uh, it was definitely, I had a moment where something just shifted for me and I realized that I, I needed to not be or look at myself as a realtor and I needed to... I needed to reframe things and I needed, to, I needed to perform like I was a marketer. That was a really big shift for me. I think most people in the industry or in, you know, in a lot of, you know, trade service based businesses, they see themselves as whatever service they provide instead of really looking at themselves as a business owner and a marketer. When I shifted that, that's when my business really changed. That is a huge, huge distinction. I, I have a friend and mentor, James Malinchak, who helps people build their speaking businesses. Mm -hmm. And he says, you have to think like a marketer and not like a speaker. And it's brilliant. And you just said exactly the same thing for your industry. That's absolutely true. So I do want to ask, I, it's, it, you, it's being a strong woman, it strikes me that you probably are fond of making your own rules at times. So what is the balance between following rules and creating the rules and going your own way? Well, I think that, you know, to a certain extent, not reinventing the wheel is important and understanding that in, in a lot of ways, success leaves clues. Yeah. But I also think that we live in a time that is changing and technology is changing and, and real estate as a whole is pretty archaic in terms of the way that most people go about it because right. a lot of the, a lot of the, the big key players were in the 70s and the 80s. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the ways that people are going about building their businesses are from that time. And we live in a time now, and I and I tell this story all the time now, when I got my license, I got this big, fat, chunky, grape pager that I thought was the coolest thing in the world. And mm -hmm. I thought, oh my gosh, I've made it. And now we're all running around with computers in our pockets. And 
the, the way that our attention is is focused is so different that I think it's so important that we understand that, yes, to a certain extent, there are certain immutable principles that we want to follow that are that are always going to be there and are always going to be true. But a lot of the platforms and a lot of the smaller strategies and tactics have changed. Yeah, absolutely. I can certainly understand that. We've got about a minute or so to our break. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the one main secret to success that you credit for what you've achieved so far? I would say it's leverage. I think that for me, that's been the the key to success and happiness together. I think that almost anybody can grind really hard and, and, and achieve quite a lot. But when we're really talking about getting to a point where you have that really great balance between being able to be successful monetarily, but also enjoy that success, I think that leverage and understanding that you it doesn't have to be hard it doesn't have to hurt it can be easy as long as it's done really efficiently fantastic and we're coming up against our very first break my special guest is Jess Lenavelle and we will talk more when we come back this is success profiles radio The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. It's Did you know April is National Grilled Cheese Month? Americans eat an average of 29 pounds of cheese every year. Over a lifetime, that's more than a ton of cheese. A connoisseur of cheese is known as a Turophile. Colby, a soft, mild form of cheddar, is named after the town of Colby, Wisconsin. Population 1100, where it was invented in 1874. Wisconsin uses the salty brine water left over from the cheese-making process to de-ice the roads. What's another word for common sense? Rumble gumption. Cheese used to be made in the shape of a wheel, so it could easily be rolled from place to place. The terms big wheel and big cheese originally referred to those who were wealthy enough to purchase a large amount of cheese. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. 
And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jess Lenevel. And if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please do it and leave a review. That would be amazing. I would love you forever for it. And thank you so much in advance. So, Jess, I would love to ask you about building a million-dollar real estate brand. When you started in real estate, did you think it was even possible for that to happen for you? I didn't. I thought that, I mean, when I started, I was 21. I thought that $100,000 was a huge amount of money. Um, But uh, over time, I really realized that there was a lot more opportunity. I'm in in a very, you know, lucrative market. And I thought, you know what? Why not try? I I think that I'd been one of those agents for so many years that had allowed business to come to me and just sort of floated along. And because of the market that I was in, I was able to do that. And then, you know, when I made that shift, that mindset shift from realtor to marketer, I really saw what was possible. I saw what some of the people in other industries were doing. And I realized that, you know, let's give it a good kick at the can. Right. Absolutely. So what goes into building a lucrative brand in business? I mean, there are principles that I'm sure are universal, not just to real estate, but to anything. I think that there's a a couple of really key components. The first one I would say is focus, focus on what kind of a customer you're looking to acquire. And I think that's also a mistake that a lot of people in real estate make. You see a lot of billboards from agents all over the place that say, you know, I buy, sell, invest, and, you know, refinance or whatever you want to do from here to Timbuktu. And there's, you know, we're the one of the only industries that doesn't properly niche down. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's also something that really hurts us from a marketing and from a market share perspective. People are are marketing as though they're they're in a little bit of scarcity. So they're not able to really focus in on who they want to attract with that marketing. And so the messaging just gets filtered out as noise for a lot of people. Yeah. They, yeah. they want to do all be all things to all people, and that's a huge mistake. Absolutely. And so one of the very first things that that I think people need to do is to focus in on who they want to serve and then understanding the problem that they're solving for those people. Mm. People people don't move because it's fun. Moving no. it, it really is not fun. And uh, and the reason why people do it is because they have a current situation that's not serving them. And they they believe that they can solve that current situation by moving, by changing locations. So the way that we niche down with a lot of the people that we work with now is not by location, which is where, which is, you know, geo, geo farming is what most agents are taught how to do. Mm-hmm. We niche people down in terms of demographic. So what is the actual change that these people are looking to make in their lives? Are they upsizing, downsizing, first-time buyers and, you know, first-time investors? We we really want to focus in on the demographics and mm-hmm. so that we can fo- also focus in on the psychographics. Like what yeah. are the pains, problems, fears, and desires so yeah. that we can build a really solid marketing message that's going to attract those people. Absolutely. I have a friend here in the Phoenix area who is a mortgage lender. Mm. Uh, he, uh, he works for a mortgage company and he has a very specific niche and he works with divorced people who are trying to qualify for a loan. And that's interesting because after he got divorced, uh, it was messy and his credit got messed up because of what the uh, result of the divorce was. And he realizes that it's hard sometimes to qualify for a loan after your credit has been damaged by an ex. So that's who he helps. And it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I love to hear stories like that because it's very rare. There's not a lot of people in the real estate space, whether it's mortgage professionals or it's realtors that properly do niche down like that. 
Right. Absolutely. So did you start on the buying side or the, or the selling side? I definitely started on the buying side because I was so young. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually, you know, back then there was this brand new thing called Facebook. Yes. And <laughs> I, uh, there, back then there wasn't a marketplace. It was just Facebook classifieds. So what I did, because I had didn't, I wasn't able to use my sphere, I went in and I started building relationships and having conversation and giving value in the classified section. And a lot of those conversations ended up turning into either leases or into buyers. And then all over time, all of those leases turned into buyers and then those buyers turned into listings. And I, that's how I built my business. That's fantastic. So let's talk about some reasons why traditional real estate strategies are dead. What do you do instead? So some of the, let's start kind of with the old. So a lot of the things that I would consider old or, you know, I wouldn't say dead, but not the most effective or most efficient anymore would be things like cold calling, door knocking, flyers, billboards, farming, things like that. Um, now what I would, what I suggest people do now is I'm a really big, huge lover of social media. And the reason why I love it so much from a business standpoint is because you have this ability to have conversations instead of one-to-one, it's really Mm -hmm. one-to-many it's in my opinion, organically and for free, it's the cheapest way to do it. But then as soon as you have your marketing messaging really dialed in and really nailed down and you understand the psychology of taking that person from stranger to client and you throw some money behind it, it can be extremely powerful. The way that most people are, the way that most agents are spending money online, it's just to generate the front end, what we call a cold lead. Mm -hmm. And a cold lead is just that they're cold. They don't know who you are. They don't know why you're calling. And then Mm -hmm. they're leaving it up to themselves manually to convert that lead into a piece of business. Mm -hmm. Not only is that exhausting and honestly, like pretty it's not even it's not even just tiring. It's also depressing because yeah. you, you get hung up on a million times and people don't understand why you're calling. Now, everything that we do is really geared around putting really relevant content in front of the right person at the right time mm-hmm. and and building that relationship with them at scale. When that person sees you all the time, when you're using proper psychology to not only get them to a place where they know, like and trust you, but also see you as an authority making if you do pick up the phone and call them then that's fantastic and they are happy to hear from you but even if you don't that person will eventually get to a point where when they're ready they're going to raise their hand and say hey you know what i've seen your stuff i'm ready to work with you yeah and that is so important jay conrad levinson his book guerrilla marketing talks about how it takes a certain number of impressions for Mm -hmm. someone to even notice you Mm -hmm. and then they have to notice you a certain number of times before they'll even go from zero to hero and it can get expensive to keep marketing and marketing and marketing, but sometimes people give up right before they get to the finish line and they don't even realize it, don't they? I agree entirely. And I think that there's this this idea of going wide and mm-hmm. people are just sort of carpet bombing people with 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 ads. Mm-hmm. The way that, that I believe is the better way to do it is actually to go deeper rather than wider. Mm. Have a smaller group of people that are highly relevant and that you know we're going to be doing something in the next three to six months and and put more content and more psychology in front of those people as opposed to a little bit in front of a lot of people. Yeah, I would imagine doing Facebook lives would be very uh, mm-hmm. valuable. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And and really any video, there's so many people who are still so terrified of video and so terrified of getting their voice out there. And and it really is such a massively important part of marketing and, and building a brand today. 
if people are, if there, there's almost this element of if somebody can't see you and see you talking and there's not like a rawness about it, that they feel like, you, like they're being duped. Yeah. Oh, I, I certainly understand that for sure. So how do you approach your real estate practice like an online marketer? We've been sort of teasing this topic for a mm -hmm. while. Yeah. Okay. So the very first thing that you want to do is, of course, you want to niche down. The second thing you want to do is really become a really fantastic content creator. I think that there's probably not a skill set that is more important than that moving forward. Um, and when I mean when I when I talk about being a content creator, there's the there's different three major buckets of content that we really mainly use. Um, the first one is going to be authority content. So this this is going to be the types of content that really position you as an authority or an expert. What are the questions that your niche or your target demographic has? Not not only about the market, but about the transaction itself, about the change and the move, and and what are the pains and problems that are coming up for those people? So when we address those those things in content, they become really powerful and people say, Hey, that's me. Mm -hmm. uh, you really, with your content, you want to get people nodding their head. Mm -hmm. The second bucket of content is going to be personal content. Now, this is where a lot of people fall short. This isn't just, Oh, here's a picture of my dog or these are the, this is the funny ice cream cone that I got today. Yeah. It's really becomes more about personal beliefs, personal philosophy, personal story. People want to work with people who are like-minded. And so it really does become important to put some of that out into the world so that people will people will resonate with anything and they'll just ignore the things that they don't resonate with. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, it, the stories of how you got into the business, how you um, what, what, what the let me give me an, an example, you sure. know, what, what your most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you in the, you know, in your work has been, you know, how you met your wife. Those things are all things that people want to read about you. They they build trust and they position you more as a human. Mm -hmm. Then your third bucket is going to be things like social proof. Now, online, most agents are posting just listed, just sold. And I mean, if you can probably scan a million realtors Instagrams and like, that's really what you're going to see. Just listed, just sold under contract, you know, things like that. That's not super valuable and it really doesn't do a whole lot for your mm -hmm. audience. So when we're talking about social proof, it really becomes more about um, about case studies, testimonials, and any PR that that person can get. So, you know, a case study, the reason why a case study can be so powerful is because, I mean, if you think about what, what we watch on HGTV, right? Half of... Yeah. Half of North America is obsessed with HGTV in some way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah. And and the reason for it is because we're all watching essentially case studies. Mm -hmm. We're watching someone else's journey from where they are to where they want to be. And we are like, oh, my gosh, like if that if only that could be me. And so with a case study from a business standpoint, what you're doing is you're showing that, you know, Sally, who is exactly where, where your past client was, the process that you used and you as the bridge to get them where they want to go. And this Sally person is thinking, oh my gosh, this person can also help me get from A to B. Wow. I love that. We are coming up against our second break. This is going fast and we're having a ton of fun. Uh, Jess Lenavelle is uh, an expert in helping real estate agents build seven figure businesses. And we will address that a little later in the show, but we're, we're talking about how to differentiate yourself in real estate. And really a lot of these uh, ideas we're talking about can be extrapolated to any industry. We're talking about picking your niche, being a great content creator, uh, authority content, personal content, personal stories, case studies, testimonials, PR. It's all relevant. It really is. And we have a lot that we're going to talk about when we come back. Uh, I would just love to ask real quick before we go, what is your big why? Why do you do what you do? 
I think that there's a lot of people in this industry who are struggling for no reason, and it hurts me to watch. Yeah, and it's a really good reason because you want to impart your knowledge to them. We will come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jess Lenavelle. We're talking about real estate, building a real estate business and scaling it to seven figures. And we'll talk about that here in a little while. Uh, if you have not subscribed to Success Profiles Magazine, go to successprofilesmagazine.com. The January issue just came out recently. Jeff Timmons from 98 Degrees was on the cover. And we're working on the February issue right now. I cannot wait to reveal it to the world when it's done. Go to successprofilesmagazine.com to subscribe today. So Jess, let me ask you, real estate is an industry where people can feel burned out because mm -hmm. some of the same stuff comes up over and over again. You know, the the buyers, the sellers, they want this, they want that, and their demands are sometimes unreasonable. And oh my gosh, how do we deal with all that? So what are some reasons why real estate agents burn out and how can you fix that? Yeah, I think that first of all, there's this kind of hustle and grind mentality that's been almost over glamified yeah. in in the real estate space, right? That that tired working until midnight agent is has this kind of this this sexy persona, and that's really not real. Trust me, I've been there. It's not fun, and there's nothing sexy about it. No. But um, I think a lot of the time, what ends up happening is people buy into that, and they build their business based on manual factors. So mm. they're doing a lot. They're they're prospecting manually every single day. And I had a conversation with someone the other day uh, just about this, where you know I said, you know, how many hours a day are you prospecting? He said, I'm prospecting three. 
but I'd like to double my business. And I said, great. If you want to double your business, do you have six hours a day to prospect? And then can you also on top of that handle twice as many clients? And the answer was, of course, no. But unfortunately, what people do is what gets them here, they double down on to get them there. And a lot of the time, that's not actually the right way of doing things. So, you know, one of the first things that you want to look at when you're looking to grow a business or build a business past where you are now is where are there inefficiencies? Where are there holes? How can your time be made more efficient and more effective? And, you know, I, I, I'm a huge lover of Tim, Tim Ferriss. Yeah. So, you know, we use the same concepts of eliminate, automate, outsource. And a lot of the thing, the the ways that a lot of agents grow their teams is they tend to outsource first before they eliminate and they automate. Mm, yeah, I used to be a caller for a very successful real estate agent here in the Phoenix area. I did that for about a year and a half, and so I was cold calling around the community. It was exhausting, and mm -hmm. it, it yeah, very rejection oriented. But I did pretty well. And mm -hmm. I found one seller who had five homes and he sold all five of those homes while I was working for him. Wow. Yeah. So it can work, but you got to be the right, you got to be the right person. And it's been, it's been probably three years since I've worked for him. So maybe they're doing some things a little differently now, but I don't know. But well, the, I don't, yeah. I, you know, I don't think that there's anything wrong with someone else calling, but right, I think right. that a lot of the time what happens is that, that eight, that one agent believes that they have to do all things. Right. You and that's really where I think a lot of the burnout comes in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Were there some glaring mistakes that you made in your real estate practice that you realized? Oh, of course. Um, I think one of the, one of my biggest mistakes that I've learned is I was an intense people pleaser. Mm. I really, really wanted everyone to like me. I wanted everyone to be happy. I never said no. I never set boundaries. Um, early on. And that really ended up needing to change over the years because it did. I got burnt out. I remember one day sitting in, in our condo, like right downtown, we'd just gotten married and my phone rang and I started to cry <laughs> and mm -hmm. I handed my phone to my husband and I said, you answer it. <laughs> mm. And really it was just, I'd over, I just overcommitted and I'd taken no time to set expectations with any of these clients. And so I was, you know, I, I'd set myself up for failure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can certainly understand that. And you, you, you want to give up after a while, don't you? Mm -hmm. Oh, of course. Absolutely. It gets very exhausting. Yeah. The other thing that I, the other mistake that I made growing teams is I didn't let go of people as soon as I knew that they weren't a fit. Mm. I tried to keep them on, even if it wasn't the right choice for me or for them. And I tried to make things work. Um, I, that comes down to my people pleasing as well. I, I really, I had a hard time firing. Yeah, I can certainly understand that. What are some of the skills that you need to become number one, number one in your real estate market? Because this is a very intensely competitive industry. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really think that uh, one of the main key things is going to be that you have to be the most prolific marketer. And the more, the more top of mind you are, the better. So, uh, you know, a lot of agents back in the day would have, it was the agent who had the most billboards. Yeah. Right. And you could see the physical manifestation of their success through how many billboards they had. And, you know, you would see their name everywhere. Now what we're able to do and, 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 you know, that can still work, but it's extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. 
it get, and it gets more and more and more expensive. And so really the way that we like to do it now is how much space can we take up in people's feeds? Mm. Right. So it becomes yeah. about that omnipresence online as opposed to that omnipresence out into the, in, in the physical world. Right. Right. Exactly. No, for sure. So what do you think is the secret sauce to building relationships with your audience at scale? I think it's truly understanding what they need to hear from you. Uh, you know, I, I don't know where I heard this, but it's always stuck with me. Marketing, really good marketing is just being able to articulate what's in the back of someone's head better than they can. Because mm. when you can, they automatically credit you with the solution. Yeah, certainly understand that. So you use Facebook groups to build an audience and to get clients. Uh, there are people out there that would love to learn how to do that because mm. they have a group. It's not active. They've got 30 people in it. Uh, they're wondering, do I sell, sell, sell? Do people get tired of that? Do I allow other people to post and contribute? What are some of your ground rules for having a group and building an audience and getting clients out of it? So I have to give credit here. Everything that I know about Facebook groups, I learned from my friend, Andrew Cruzy. Um, and he is the one who kind of taught me how like early, early on when I was learning marketing. And, you know, one of the key things that I've learned is you have to give, give, give. Mm -hmm. And so it really becomes about giving the most amount of value and having people come back to that group for that value. And it's one of the kind of the, the key things that we teach all agents is give before you ask and serve before you sell. Mm -hmm. There's this law of reciprocity that's always in there. So even with a Facebook group now, like, you know, whether it's a community group, my Facebook group is, is a group full of just realtors. And what we do is we make sure that there's a great mix of content. And, you know, I do a lot of free trainings. I do a lot of live streams. I, and I do a lot of polls in that Facebook group to find out what it is that they feel like they're needing. Wow. I love that. Give before you ask, serve before you sell. So market, yeah. Yeah. And I think market research is also so important important because a lot of the time we try to guess or we try to assume what people need or what they what they're struggling with when it's just as easy just to ask it is it is that's great you had an instance where a single facebook post generated a hundred thousand dollars that's mind-blowing tell us about I that did. yeah so it was a mission post and it was you know, it was a couple years ago, maybe it was a, maybe a year ago now. And basically all it said was I'm on a mission to help a hundred agents get to from six to seven figures in this year. Mm. And we had thousands of people that commented on it. And what I was able to do is actually have conversations with, with each and every one of those people and really pull out the people that I really knew that I could help. And we went from there. Wow. Very simple post, but it really becomes, it really, if, if I just thrown that post up willy nilly at any time, it probably wouldn't have performed the way that it did. Yeah. It was because of all the value and the size of the audience and, and the engagement of the audience. Wow. And you had 500 comments on that post. Did you or someone on your team follow up with every single response? Every single one. That's where people miss the boat. They don't follow up on the people who are responding. If people are engaging with your post, Say something, even if it's yeah. thank you. Mm -hmm. Every single person ended up with a direct message and a conversation about if we could help them. Oh, wow. That's how you got to $100,000 is you followed up. It wasn't just because of the amazing content that you led with. It's mm -hmm. because you followed up with the people who responded or liked. Yeah. That's yeah. the secret sauce right there. Mm -hmm. I love that. What are some of your favorite productivity tips? Um, binaural beats. 
or things like Brain FM. Um, mm. I think that they're unbelievably helpful, especially I'm one of those people I like to, I have 80 tabs open on my computer at any time. Mm. And I find myself clicking when I'm trying to be, when I, when I'm feeling unproductive, I click around. And so what I find with binaural beats is it really kind of takes your brain, your brain waves out of high, uh, high beta, and it allows you to focus a lot better than you would normally be able to. Um, I also really love the Pomodoro method. So it's the idea of like you work, you work solidly on a project for 20 minutes and then you get up and you stretch and you move for two to five and then you come back and you work again for, for 20 minutes. I find that I get so much more done that way than if I try to just sit and work for several hours at a time. That's amazing. We've got a minute or two before the break. How important is gratitude for you in your journey? I start every single day with gratitude journal. So... I love that you brought that up. It's literally the very first thing I do when I open my eyes in the morning. I grab a pen and my journal and I talk about the three gratitudes I have from the last 24 hours. Um, I think that it's unbelievably important because it's so easy to get caught up in the stress and the and the hustle and the day to day and the making kids lunches and things like that. And then when we start, you know, they always say gratitude is the pathway to joy. Mm -hmm. And really, at the end of the day, why are we doing all of this if we're not experiencing joy? Yeah. Oh gosh, for sure. That that is so amazing. Uh, we've got a couple minutes to our break. How has COVID changed your business? Um, it just it it's required me to be more, I guess, more creative. Um, when COVID first first happened, or when we were first aware of it, I actually did a live event at the beginning of March last year. And we slid in right before everything was happening. We had 100 yeah. people in a room and it was an absolutely game-changing, life-changing three days. And then COVID hit. And right away, we really didn't really know how things were going to change. Everyone kind of turned turned inwards. And so what we did is we got creative and we created a couple of new smaller products that people really felt like they needed during that uncertain time. And then over time, what had happened is those things weren't needed anymore. And people were feeling more and more comfortable. The markets were starting to shift back and the the confidence level in terms of the real estate community really came back in a way that that we we didn't know if it would. Yeah, absolutely. Be right before the break. Uh, how do you know what to say yes or no to? So I asked myself two questions. Um, is it unlimitedly scalable? And do I enjoy it? If the answer is Yes to both of those questions, it's a yes. If the answer is no to one of them, it's a no. That is absolutely amazing. I love all of that. We are coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. My guest is Jess Lenavelle, and we're talking about real estate and building and scaling. And a lot of the things we're talking about today are probably applicable to your business as well. So I hope that you are taking what belongs to you and applying it to your business as well. We are going to come right back shortly. Uh, Jess has some coaching programs. If you are in real estate, uh, I'm sure you'll want to stick around and listen. She has something called the Listings Lab, and you're not going to want to miss this. We'll come right back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If 
you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. have heard about the two window washers who were trapped on a dangling scaffold nearly 70 stories high on the new One World Trade Center tower for nearly two hours. Just a little more than a week after the nation's tallest building officially opened, throngs of New Yorkers were gone goozling up at the window washers as firefighters sawed through a thick double-layered window to rescue them. Talk about horripilation or an experience that gives you goosebumps. The first scaffolding in New York for window cleaning was constructed in 1952. A single cleaning cycle on the 80-story glass walls of the Time Warner Center can take six men over four months to complete. The pay is good, but people with acrophobia or the fear of heights need not apply. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jess Lenevel, and we are talking about real estate and building and scaling your business to seven figures and beyond. If you've not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio, please do so on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. That would be really, really fantastic. Let's talk about coaching. You've pivoted from being a full-time agent, and now you help other agents build and scale their businesses, right? I do. I do. It was a big change. Uh, It happened in end of 2017. Mm. So what was your impetus for that? So I had a little bit of a, an ex- existential crisis, I think, in my <laughs> mid-30s. Mm. Um, it was just one of those, you know, my husband jokes around that I'd had a, a bit of a midlife crisis a little early. And what I realized is, you know, I wasn't finding the the joy that I wanted in my life out of my real estate business. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved my clients, but I really felt like I was kind of put on this planet to do something a little different. Yeah. So um, he was the one who pointed out to me, you're the happiest when an agent comes and knocks on your door, knocks on your office door and says, hey, like, can you show me how to do some of this stuff? Like, I, I don't understand where all of this business is coming from. And what I realized is... I really wanted to teach marketing and I really wanted to teach agents how to scale businesses and really not run or work in my own anymore. Wow, that's great. So for those out there who have a business, any kind of business, and they're not doing coaching, what is the most important and impactful reason to have a coaching component to your business? I think that really, like if you have a coaching component to your business, you grow and you learn so much more. Mm-hmm. You know, I just really feel like I learn every single day now through coaching, through helping other people problem solve. Yeah. And when I was a teacher and I taught in college for a while, I frequently found that especially the first time I taught a class, 
I learned so much more. In fact, one time I taught an economic class, not my zone of genius at <laughs> all. They needed someone to teach this class. And so I literally stayed one day ahead of my class. It was the, well, the scariest teaching experience I've ever had. But you were absolutely right. You learn when you have to teach it for sure. Yeah. Well, and you don't know if you're if you really know it until you can teach it. Right, exactly. And you have multiple levels of involvement in your coaching programs, too. Mm -hmm. And that's a valuable thing to be able to do. Yeah, we, well, we, I mean, just like anything else, we started in one niche and we branched out. So, you know, we started with helping agents from in six that were already at six figures build the marketing foundations to get to seven figures, which is our program. Um, then the second program that we built out was for newer agents, just who didn't have the, the marketing bandwidth or the money to, or the resources to really put a lot of money online. So we built out a program for newer agents to get them to six figures organically. Um, and then the third level, which kind of came about last year is our seven figure agent program, which is essentially the six pillars to getting your business from six to seven, multiple seven, um, with ease and with leverage. Love that. That's that's really fantastic. So tell us about the listings lab. Mm -hmm. So the listings lab is a lifetime access program. Um, it is literally the it's literally the program that I wish that I'd had. I, I built it to be like everything that I wish that I'd had 10 years ago while I was trying to figure all of this out. So really the main thing that the listings lab is, is the foundational aspects to get from six to seven figures. It's we, we get, guide everybody through niching, content, um, ads, targeting, retargeting, like assets, listing presentations, sales, everything from start to finish. I think that that is the most important thing is that I think a lot of programs out there are very much geared towards one little section of your journey. When it comes to marketing, am I teaching people how to cold call? No. But what I am doing is this is everything from marketing from A to Z and everything in between so that people can really come to one place and build out something that's cohesive that's going to work for them for hopefully forever. That's absolutely fantastic. So um, how important has it been for you to mentor other people? It's been really important. And, and you know, I, I, I've built a team of my own as well in this, in the Listings Lab business that is very much like-minded. And we all have a very solid set of core values that is very much service, service and servant oriented. It's unbelievably important for every single person on our team to be helping people and to be really have that servant leadership mentality. It has to be a win for us, but it also absolutely has to be a win for the people that we're serving. Absolutely. And if somebody, while I'm thinking about it, if somebody wants to learn more about your coaching program, maybe mm -hmm. they're a real estate agent, how can they reach out to you and find more out about that? Well, what I, yeah, what I would suggest that they do is join our Facebook group, um, which is just facebook.com slash groups slash the listings lab, or you can just search in the Facebook search bar for the listings lab method for real estate agents. Oh, that's fantastic. What a great resource. So thank you for sharing that for sure. So how do you get your day started for success? You mentioned that the first thing you do is your three gratitudes. What else mm -hmm. do you do to set up your day? So the first thing I do is I journal with a coffee, mm -hmm. always with a coffee. Yeah. And uh, and then the second thing I do is a, is a short workout. And then from there, I do a meditation and then I start my day. Fantastic. What's your superpower? What do you do better than anyone else? I am better at... Oh, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good <laughs> question. Um, I would say I'm better at creating messaging and really understanding and being able to put into words the, the things that are in the back of people's heads and get them nodding. I love that. When did you decide you needed a team? 
Um, I so with with my real estate business, I hired a team out of desperation, mm-hmm. out of uh, you know crying when my phone rang. But um, with this business, actually, I I I hired the, my first two people within the first two weeks. Good. Recognize yeah. right away. That's good. Yeah, we really knew that it was really important that we were gonna that that we we knew we were gonna scale quickly. We knew what we were capable of, and we knew we couldn't do it on our own. That's amazing. What is the biggest risk you've ever taken in your business, and did it work out? Yeah. So the biggest risk I ever took in my business, first of all, was shifting from selling real estate to to this business, and um, that was definitely the biggest risk I've ever taken. It was terrifying. But other than that, the very first coach that I hired to when I started this business was um, a $300,000 a year investment. And I had no idea whether this business was going to work or not, but it had right. to. Oh my goodness. that That's a huge risk, but it, it sounds is. like it, it was, worked it was out a big well. risk. And I, I honestly, I, it was the best decision I've ever made. That's great. What do very few people know about you that might surprise us? Um, I'm extremely introverted. <laughs> mm. And um, I would say... Oh, that's a that's actually a really good question too. I'm I'm kind of a crazy cat lady. Really? Oh, totally. I there's nothing that makes me happier than sitting on a couch, sitting on a couch with with my cats. I'm gonna guess the over under at four. No, I'm I'm at two. I'm not quite at four okay. yet. Okay, so you're not really cat lady. But I I'm kind of obsessed with them. Okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you identify a good opportunity? Um, I think that is it ahead of the curve. And is it something that I can say yes to without it impacting anything else in my life? Oh, that's that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I love that. What do you think stops momentum when you're trying to grow your business? Overthinking. Mm. Yeah, I think that there's so many people who really don't understand how vital speed is. Not only speed in terms of staying ahead of the market and staying ahead of um, of things that are happening out there, but also speed of execution. The, the, the best business people I've ever worked with, the best agents I've ever worked with are people who are implementing literally while we're talking. And that has been one of the things that I think is, has been a really big reason why I've been successful. I have a coach right now and he always says that, that I am speed. Jess is speed. And I think it served me really well that people, I think, overthink and they procrastinate and they get in their own way instead of just doing the thing and figuring out whether it worked or it didn't. Wow. So here's an out of the box question. You're getting ready to attack the Death Star and you were on your final approach. What song are you cranking? Oh, (laughs) Oh, um, I would say... um, Probably notorious. Oh wow, <laughs> that's awesome! I love that. And who's that by again? Notorious B.I.G. Oh B.I.G. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, first, the, when you said notorious, the first thing I thought was notorious by Duran Duran. No, no. <laughs> that was my husband's though. Wonderful, I love that. So, what is the most influential book or mentor you've ever encountered in your journey? So, the most influential book that I've ever read is "Willpower Doesn't Work" by Benjamin Hardy. Oh, it is a phenomenal book. Um, and it's really uh, it's one of the books that I actually give to almost every agent that I work with on a higher on in our highest level program. That's absolutely fantastic. What is the scariest thing you've ever done? I would say 
Yeah, I would say quit real estate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a huge pivot what you did. It was. And something. honestly, yeah. it, you know, I remember my mom, my mom's not like a little bit risk averse. And I remember her looking at me and saying, you're crazy. Like you're, you're absolutely crazy. What are you thinking? Yeah. Wow. That's great. If you could talk to the 18 year old version of yourself, what would you tell her? You can pretty much do anything. Love that. I love that. Did you find that uh, being a woman in real estate was a barrier or is that is gender not as much of a barrier in real estate as it is in other industries? I was definitely talked down to and I definitely wasn't treated as an equal by a lot of the my male counterparts. But mm. I also think that it kind of fueled the fire a little bit. I, I think that women actually in a lot of ways make better salespeople because we're more empathetic. Oh, that's fantastic. We've got two minutes left to our break. The, here's the question that I ask everybody at the end. Who inspires and motivates you? I would, this is going to be a controversial answer, but I would say me. Awesome. Tell us why. I, I would say that I, you know, the things that I've accomplished and the things that I've been through motivate me every day. And I find a lot of uh, a lot of the 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 juice or the gusto for to move forward. I find it from from within. I've really learned over time not to look outside of myself for motivation or for for inspiration or things like that. That I've got everything that I need inside. Absolutely, any bucket list item you have not fulfilled yet. Yes, it's so funny you asked that. I have a notebook next to me that says one, it says silent retreat, and two, it says surfing retreat in Costa Rica. Oh, wow. Sounds great. So while I'm thinking about it, as we wind down, where can we find you? Where can we vibe with you and try with you? Mm -hmm. So Instagram, I would love to connect with you guys on Instagram. My uh, handle is Je at Jess Lonovel, L-E-N-O-U-V-E-L. Fantastic. Jess, thank you so much for being here. You are fantastic and amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn along the way. Until next Monday, have a fantastic week, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Be safe and have a wonderful week. Take care, everyone. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.